0: This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me today in the studio are the Toledo Symphony's music director, Alain Trudeau, the president and CEO of the symphony, Zach Vassar, also principal second violin, and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. And we have a very special guest on the phone with us. I've got a little fanfare for you. Put your hands together for the wonderful, for the wonderful pianist and composer. It just never ends, doesn't it? The wonderful pianist and composer Stuart Goodyear. Hello, Stuart.
1: Great to be here. Thank you so much for that fanfare.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I evidently I cut it a little short, but you know. it was a deceptive cadence. The, yes, exactly. <laughs> so Stuart is coming to the Paris Style. It's happening Saturday, January fourteenth at eight o'clock p.m. Elaine Trudell is conducting we're going to hear Stewart's own music, a piece called Kalaloo. Have I said that correctly, Stewart? That is correct. Yes. Okay, Kalaloo. Also music of John Adams and Sergei Rachmaninoff and we can save that for later but first we're going to hear Stuart's story this is something that we do with uh, guests that come on to the program for the first time sometimes the second or even the third time <laughs> we have some to tell their story and uh, I pick a little music that I think is appropriate so you can tell us you know just about yourself it's a little getting to know you session let me okay. pull up uh, some music for you there all right Nice, lovely music.
1: Yes. I was born and raised in Toronto, and my background is half Trinidadian, half British. So I came from a very eclectic musical background. Uh, Classical music chose me, as well as um, rock and roll and calypso music. Um, I did not know my father. He died a month before I was born of cancer, but I knew him. Musically, because he left his uh, he left a legacy of um, LPs ranging from Joe Cocker, Santana, The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, The Who, Ravi Shankar, mm. and um, my early um, memories of childhood um, included summer visits to my mother's hometown in trinidad and that's how i got introduced to calypso so um all of these different musics were a part of my life and calypso i felt so strongly i just love that music from um, the get-go and i always wanted to compose a work for piano and orchestra that was um that paid homage to trinidad and that was um calypso inspired and that's how Kalaloo came to be. This was a project that I wanted to do since I was 14, and there were just a lot of false starts. You know, I would start and think to myself, you know what, that's not quite right. It just didn't feel... Um, you know, there was, there was a missing ingredient, and of course that missing ingredient was just going back. And I went to Trinidad I think just two, two years before I started writing um, that we will hear on the 14th of January. And um, it was right in time for Carnival. So I got to... Um, Carnival is like a festival-slash-competition in um, Trinidad. It's around two weeks long, and it's, it's, it just celebrates the history of Trinidad. The dances from the 15th and 16th century, and there's um, African, French... Uh, Spanish elements and influences for um, a lot of the music and um, and a lot of the dances. And one would hear that in the fourth piano solo movement of the suite. Panorama is um, usually a medley of the top five Calypso hits of the year. So there would be steel bands, uh, steel drum bands, um, who would compete for the first prize and what the um, band leader had to do was come up with a very convincing medley of um the five hits and come up with something that was just um insanely danceable that just got people listening with their um with their hips and it had to be you know it just had to rock and um usually (laughs) usually that competition is rigged because um the winners of that um, of of that um, category usually are the last ones to play, and by that time, um, a lot of the jury a, a lot of the jury members are completely sloshed.
2: <laughs> and So
1: right now, you know, they just they just end up dancing. Like, oh, I just want to party! I just want to party! So you know, there's like <laughs> the all star um, band, which are you know they're a fantastic group, but they always perform last. They always win. Ah, So that, that always... <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> that, that, that always tickles me. Mento, um, that is the calypso that us North Americans know through um, Harry Belafonte. A lot of the calypso songs um, that he made famous in North America, um, for example, his Calypso album of 1956, used a lot of mento, a lot of mid-tempo um, calypso. And then... Um, the ballad, which I'm thinking um, I will uh, rename to Afterglow for reasons that will be very, very clear um, as soon as one listens to it. Just imagine um, someone on a hammock overlooking water, the sun sets, pelicans are out, and it's this very, very serene, very still um, work. Panorama, um, my panorama, the first movement, I um, come up with my own five hits, all, all original um, themes, but at the same time, it would be, it's, it's written in a sounds so that they say, oh yes, I, I, I know where um, that melody uh, got its influi- uh, influence from. And it ends in a rollicking soka. Soca is short for soul calypso, and in... The Carnaval in Trinidad, that is the last category of the festival. It's usually held in a stadium that seats or fits around maybe 15,000 people. And there are eight finalists, and each finalist has eight minutes to just make the crowd go wild. <laughs> and the crowd, they're, they're very discerning. They're wild, but they, they remember acts like it was yesterday. So if there was a winner um, the year previous who came up with the same old tricks, like, put your hands in the air, the audience would not do a thing.
2: Mm. Like, come on, <laughs> you did that last
1: year. you got to come up with oh. something original. So it really tries um, the performer, they have to come up, something, uh, come up with something that is very authentic. At the same time, wild, filled with energy, very musical, and then the crowd goes wild, and the wildest response gets the prize. So it's a very, very democratic um, uh, comp- uh, competition. And I was so inspired by that, as well as um, by how wild the audience responded. So I thought, you know what, that is going to be the grand finale for my suite of mm. Kalaloo. So it's prob- this is probably the wildest uh, piece um, I ever wrote, and it is guaranteed, uh, and, and, and uh, my hope when I perform this piece, is that um, audiences don't go bravo, audiences scream.
0: <laughs> oh. uh, Excellent. So everybody who's hearing this has a heads up.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm still on a hammock back in uh, the Caribbean right now, <laughs> sipping oh, <yeah>. my <laughs> frou-frou drink. And... I'm, I'm still listening with my hips. <laughs> well, it's true, though, because when you listen to this piece, and I've heard bits and pieces of it, um, you want to dance when you hear yeah. it. I mean, there's so much rhythm and so much vitality. Let me ask you, Stuart, let's rewind a little bit because you appeared here as a pianist for uh, many different appearances. Uh, Let's talk about some of your prior appearances in Toledo. Folks will remember the Beethoven that you did. I think that was, well, that was pre-pandemic. Two two Beethovens. Yeah. 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 Emperor, I want to say in maybe 2019,
3: 2018, and then a Beethoven 4 with no audience during the pandemic. Oh, right. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was that a common thing for you during the pandemic to play for without an audience? I mean, that must've yes, been strange. Um,
1: that season was filled uh, with virtual performances. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was just a very different energy, but, um, you know, um, I, I, I felt fortunate that I had a chance to make music and to make music with, um, you know, with my peers. And it was just wonderful. I'm working with the Toledo symphony again. um, and um, any capacity. So um, you know, uh, it was great to play Beethoven Fourth with mm. the musicians, and William Adams was um, on the podium. Um, oh yeah. And um, yes, the Emperor Concerto was um, was a wonderful memory as well. Every memory um, um, in Toledo has been fond. Um, performing mm. a both Shostakovich Concerti, and um, I think my first performance in Toledo was back when I was 20 or 21 performing Gershwin's Concerto N.F., and, F, and um, oh. the Peristyle and the audience of Toronto, Toledo, um, they're just... Um, that's also... It feels like a dance partner as well. I always feel like I'm making music organically, and um, the audiences are very warm, and it's just a great pleasure to, be back, uh, to um, come back every time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's okay if they applaud between movements, is that right?
1: Oh, yeah, especially yeah. in Toledo.
0: <laughs> and get up and throw their hands in the air and all that stuff, Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Only if they didn't
3: do
1: it and last about year. My, in my twenty audience, I can't tell them that.
0: <laughs> I think you just did. You're you're telling them right now.
1: I'll, I'll I'll tell them that. So hopefully, with my music, that they'll be inspired to do so.
0: Yeah. Well, we can lead the charge. You put a few plants in the audience, and they raise their hand in the air, and everybody, everybody else will follow. There we go. There you go. Stuart, I just
3: want to go back, if I can, uh, to your Beethoven 4. I remember very clearly watching that broadcast um, in my living room with my in-laws who were visiting us. And after the second movement, which is one of my favorite Beethoven moments, period, um, I just remember we all let out this kind of sigh. And it was... Just it was so <laughs> spellbinding because that's what you do in a concert hall, but watching your performance at that point in my my family room, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> just had a. <laughs>
0: You're right there, Elaine? Elaine yeah. hit the microphone. Did you fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> the, the hammock was working. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Elaine is on a hammock somewhere in the <laughs> in, listening to Calypso's steel drums <laughs> pounding in his head. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that, that, What that, were we talking about? Uh, oh, nothing, you were sighing and falling uh, and,
3: Yeah, so Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to get back to the moment. Thank you. No, it was a very special, very special performance at a very special time. And I just remember my my father-in-law saying, you know, I, I just, I feel so lucky that at this very dark moment in our world that you are still making such beautiful moments happen. And I just remember how affected we all were at the end of that second movement. So I want to send you special thanks for that special gift at a very odd time. Uh, Cause I, I will take that with me for a long time.
0: Yeah. Mm. And um, I, I just want to ask you, Stuart, because you have this kind of dual interest, you know, you're a pianist, you write for the piano, but you also write for the orchestra. And, and how did you start composing? What's the story behind that and your interest in that area um let I me was, get some oh, uh <laughs> you, no, yes, yes. i'm kidding i'm kidding go ahead
1: <laughs> no um all the piano idols um i looked up to um were composer pianists mm. so you know and when i was studying works um as a piano student, you know, uh, with, you know, Beethoven, Mozart, all of those guys, they were all composer pianists. And I just, you know, I just loved that fact that they were writing, ve- you know, vehicles for themselves, compositions for other, for other people. And, you know, I just wanted um, to be um, part of that tradition. And I was always Inspired to compose, I always heard music in my head, and then I began to write in earnest um, since I was eight years old. I attended a choir school in Toronto, and the first works I wrote were motets for the choir to sing. But I was—I loved the sound of the orchestra. Most of the LPs that I collected um, were orchestral, and you know, with symphonies, ballets, and you know, just that sound world. I wanted to know. How to cre- create that sound world, and um, I was learning orchestration as well as um, studying piano, and just trying to devour as much information as I could, and just get myself better and better at writing.
0: Yeah, you know who's a big fan of your writing is uh, Jennifer Higdon. I had a conversation with oh, her. Oh my goodness! Your name came up, and uh, she shared some of your music with me, which I thought was wonderful.
1: Thank you, thank yeah. you. Well, she 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 um is a huge mentor
2: to me. Yeah.
0: Merwin, you want to jump into the discussion here?
2: Yeah, I actually had a interesting question about Callaloo, I think. Um, it always fascinates me when, you know, composers put this extraordinarily kind of the structurally integral cadenza in their music. And the cadenza for Callaloo really fascinates me. I know you love to improvise. How... How, did you improvise the cadenza initially and then just write it down? Does the cadenza change from performance to performance? or
1: No, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. It was, um, uh, when I was writing it a, a lot, especially um, the cadenza that, um, that acts as a bridge to the fourth and fifth movements of the suite, That was, a lot of the harmonies were, were done through impro- uh, improvisation and... Um, I just thought, all right, this is it, this is it. I, you know, I feel strongly about those harmonies. And um, then, it, then it became a structured cadenza, just mm-hmm. building and building and building, getting faster and faster until, um, you know, I was at the same tempo as the um, fifth movement, Soka. But yes, um, uh, now the uh, cadenzas do not change, and um, it, it's, um, I, um, I always perform it as written.
0: Interesting. We've had all different kinds of answers to that question mm-hmm. from various yeah. composers that have been on the program. Um, before we go any further, I want to bring out our quiz. You know, you mentioned, Stuart, you're a big fan of, of pianist composers, and certainly Sergei Rachmaninoff fits into that mold. So I have a question, or I have a quiz that's called Name the Rock, Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question and you tell me if it's either true of Sergei Rachmaninoff, oh uh, Dwayne right. Johnson the Rock. Oh, this is not where I thought it was going. Or, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I like this. Okay. Or the King of Jalli. Rock <laughs> or the King
0: of Rock and Roll who is Elvis Presley. Okay. So it's either about Rachmaninoff, Johnson the Rock or Elvis. Okay. Okay. So, um and, and I might have like a, a question just focus, Just focus on a particular body. character, all right? So, here we go. Let me pull up a little music here. So,
2: uh, actually, do we answer?
0: Oh, uh, right. Do we wait. Yeah. yeah, no. You should wait. You should wait. So that way, I mean, you should write it down, yeah. right, as we go along, and then we'll check. Okay. Here we go. Let me pull up some music. Oh, this is my favorite Elvis tune. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I picked it with you in mind. Okay, who is the tallest of those three? Which one is the tallest? Is it Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is it Sergei Rachmaninoff, or is it Elvis Presley?
1: We answer now, or are we...
0: uh, No, we'll we'll wait until after I run through these. Oh, okay. Okay. Who struggled with depression since they were a teenager? Was it Dwayne, Sergey, or Elvis? These are all A, B, or C questions. Which of the three was or is a published author? Dwayne, Sergey, or Elvis? So let's go back and uh, check those first three before we move on, right? So, because okay. they're all either A, B, or C. They're all either Dwayne Johnson, Sergey Rachmaninoff, or Elvis Presley. The first one, who is the tallest of the group? How many people said A? Dwayne Johnson?
2: Uh, no, 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 nobody well, said. Well, I, I actually said Dwayne
0: Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. How many said B? Sergei Rachmaninoff? I
1: Rachmanino?
0: think I said Dwayne Johnson too. Oh, okay. Rachmaninoff. Like and then, how many said Pretzley? Elvis Presley. <laughs> no takers. <laughs> Presley, Presley. <laughs> the answer is Dwayne Johnson.
4: Cook uh, for you.
0: Yeah, he beat uh, uh, Rachmaninoff by an inch.
3: He is 6'5. Wow. is so tall. That's amazing. Dwayne Johnson is 6'5. We weren't yeah. measuring handstand people. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, if he put his
0: hand on top
3: of his head, I think he. he
0: yeah, well, right. Elvis Presley was only 5'10", but he always said he was 6 feet with his hair, right? <laughs> yeah. so. I make the same argument, by the way. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't have enough hair to make that argument, but okay. Stuart, you want to chime in on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Who struggled with depression since their, and this is key, their teenage years? A, was it Dwayne Johnson? Did, who voted for Dwayne Johnson? Nobody here?
4: Oh, so. yeah, I'll vote for him.
0: Okay, you, what you're God. changing now? You have, to, you have to decide before, but okay, fine. <laughs> How many voted for Sergei Rachmaninoff?
1: I think I voted for Sergei for this one.
0: Okay. No? No? How many voted for Elvis?
2: I voted for Elvis.
1: Wow,
0: Elvis actually got some takers. Maybe in the <laughs> later years. <even. laughs> he was uh, depressed. But Dwayne Johnson has been suffering with depression since he was 18 years old.
1: Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. And of course,
0: has, uh, done a lot of PSAs about it and has uh, sought help and definitely a huh. uh, little earlier than Rachmaninoff, he went to depression when he was in his 20s with the uh, oh. with his first
4: symphony. First <laughs> symphony,
0: yeah. That's a that's an interesting well, story. Yeah.
1: That's really interesting.
0: Okay, so which of the three is a published author, or was a published author? It can be uh, Dwayne, Sergei, or Elvis. How many people said Dwayne? All the hands here went up. (laughs) Did your hand go up, Stuart?
1: Uh, No, I think I I lost this round.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it actually was Dwayne Johnson. So all three answers were Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne? Oh, I didn't think of that. They yeah. were All, th- all <laughs> three answers were A. Amazing. I'm learning a lot about The Rock. <laughs> yeah, totally. You'll be quizzed on this later. Can, can we call this part of the quiz The Rock 3? Yeah, Rock exactly. 3. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dwayne Johnson wrote an autobiography called The Rock Speaks. Of course, there are a lot of books about uh, Rachmaninoff and Presley, but they didn't write their own. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now I have three questions that are about each individual so we'll start with Sergei Rachmaninoff where is Sergei Rachmaninoff buried and I've got multiple choice here so your choices are New York Beverly Hills or St. Petersburg so don't tell me now just pick one okay and we'll come back to it Elvis had a twin who died at birth what was his twins name was it Jesse Aaron Presley was it Jesse Garen Presley or was it Jesse Farron Presley A, B, or C. Aaron, Garen, or Farron? And um, the final question here is, what Guinness World Record did Dwayne Johnson set in 2015? Was it the most selfies taken in three minutes? Was it cycling backward with a violin? Or was it the heaviest weight supported by a human tongue? (laughs) A, B, or C. Okay. Uh, Let's go back and All see right. how we did. Where is Sergei Rachmaninoff buried? How many people said New York? No hands in here went up. What about you, Stuart? No,
1: not, my, not me. No hands oh, went okay. up.
0: Okay, how many people said Beverly Hills? I said Beverly Hills. Okay, All, everybody said Beverly Hills and everybody was... Oh, the no. answer is New York. What? He was buried in New York. Seriously? Oh. Hey. Yeah, and, and a place called Kensico Cemetery which was sort of Uh, An afterthought During World War II They built a cemetery Next to the railroad line So they could quickly Get bodies To it And (laughs) uh, Rachmaninoff Because of the Second World War Could not go to His preferred burial ground which was Switzerland he wanted to be buried in Switzerland Wow! he died in Beverly Hills though right he died in Beverly Hills in California and was shipped by train and then
1: he was shipped by train to New York to New York
0: who else is buried there do you know his wife and one of his daughters are also buried uh, with him in New York not with him but next (laughs) this is not a who's buried in Grant's tomb kind of question um yeah. Oh. So Elvis had a twin who died at birth. What was his name? How many people said Jesse Aaron Presley? No. How many people said Jesse Guerin Presley? I
1: have no idea, but I, uh, I voted for Guerin.
0: Okay. I'm with you. So I'm, Zach I'm, and... I'm, and I'm, I was a. Okay. Well, the answer eight. is Jesse Guerin.
3: Oh. Guerin? All right. Yay! Yeah. Hey, hey, Stuart. Great job on that. <laughs> <laughs> I got
0: one and a
1: half. <laughs>
0: yeah, you all have to keep track of your scores. Yeah. I didn't tell you that before, but I'm oh really boy. bad okay. at math. Okay. And the Guinness record that Dwayne Johnson set in 2015, how many people <laughs> voted for the most selfies in three minutes? I got that. I
1: think uh, that was yep. me. I, I, was, I voted okay. for that one, too.
0: How many voted for cycling backwards while playing a violin? Nobody? I can't
1: picture The Rock doing that, but he might surprise, he might surprise <laughs> me. I was, I was wrong before about Dwayne.
0: The heaviest weight supported by a human tongue. <laughs> Elaine probably <laughs> went Very for that. Man, that one. <laughs> no, it was number one. It was the, the most selfies taken in three minutes, which was 105, evidently. Wow. I, have, I have a feeling like I could do more than 105 selfies mm-hmm. in three minutes, right? Sounds Three like Guinness somebody a, wants to break the record. Yeah, I'll get the Guinness people in here. They have to be unique poses. Yeah, you yeah, know... A lot, a,
1: lot of, a lot of coffee uh, beforehand. <laughs>
0: totally. I'm well, ready. Zach is ready. <laughs> you know, the other two, the cycling backward about playing a violin and the heaviest weight on the top. Those tongue. are both Yehudi Menuhin, right? The, <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. yes. indeed. Well, um Especially the backwards with the violin—it's really impressive. But those are real uh, world records that were set. Wow. Yeah. The, the the guy with the violin cycled sixty kilometers in five hours and nine minutes, wow. and he played Bach while he was cycling backwards. He played Bach on the. No, violin. I think he played it backwards. <laughs> backwards. That's right. Excellent. And uh, I pull up that for you, Zach. <laughs> the heaviest weight supported by human tongue was a gentleman who used his tongue to lift 27 pounds. Whoa. 27 pounds. He trained six years to hold that amount for five seconds. Well, His tongue was pierced by a hook that held four weights, and he set the record in 2004 without self-injury. So, by all accounts, a success. All right?
2: I, I think we need to deliver a content
3: warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part, don't try this at home. Oh, yeah. TikTok. Uh,
4: TikTok, where were you when
3: we needed (laughs) you? I I have so many questions that I both want and don't
0: want to know about his training. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, there's a sensor right there. We're good. All right, I've got two more questions in this quiz. You want to do them now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Tell me if this fact is true of Rachmaninoff, Johnson, or Presley. Okay, which... Of the three rocks have appeared in Toledo Ohio the most times was it Dwayne Johnson Sergei Rachmaninoff or Elvis Presley
1: oh man oh. I'm wondering if Elvis should get a chance yeah I for Elvis if I'm gonna lose I might lose a point
0: <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, I'll see what how Elvis does is hmm.
0: that your final answer yes okay it was not Elvis <laughs> <laughs> I was there with you it was, well, how many people chose Dwayne Johnson? Oh, no I chose answers. Sergei. How many people chose Sergey Rachmaninoff? Uh, Adla- you're not, so you went with Elvis? I went with Elvis. Okay, so the answer is Sergey Rachmaninoff. Yay! Yeah, Elvis Presley came here twice. Once at the beginning of his career, he was at uh, Centennial Hall at UT. And then once at the sports arena, later in his career, just a few weeks before he died, and he evidently got into a scuffle. He hit a guy and yeah. knocked him out, <laughs> whatever, at the uh, Commodore Perry Hotel. Whoa. And he was wow. jealous of, of Elvis, that uh-huh. his wife was carrying a picture of Elvis around oh, boy. and not her husband. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he started the fight, but uh, Elvis finished it. And that, that Elvis finished yeah, yeah. And, and Sergei Rachmaninoff played here three times as a solo pianist, so he beat Elvis by one. It was oh. 1921, 1923, and
1: 1929.
0: Okay. But I mean, Dwayne Johnson may have like a secret residence in Toledo that we don't know about. I don't think that he's been to Toledo, but but I do think it's important to know that Stuart Goodyear has appeared in
3: Toledo more than any of these people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Excellent.
1: That's true. I am really, really proud.
2: <laughs>
3: I guess this I would be a that. good time to say that my wife carries around a photograph of Stuart Goodyear. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, fun. Thank you very much.
4: All right, Stuart.
0: If you, if you see if you see Zach coming at you awfully fast.
1: Yes, I, I, I know. I <laughs> you know, heard it here.
0: I love it. I've got one last uh, question on our quiz And this is called Match the quote to the rock So I'm going to give you three quotes uh, That were said by a specific person You tell me who said it, right? It's one of the three The first quote is I've never gotten over what they call stage fright The second quote is Music comes straight from the heart And the third quote is With drive and a bit of talent You can move mountains so there are three okay. different quotes. You tell me who said them. We'll go back in order. I've never gotten over what they call stage fright. Elvis? No. Yeah! It oh, was Elvis. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All, right, uh, All right, Stuart. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. I said, I said Rachmaninoff. Me too. Yeah. The second one, music comes straight from the heart.
3: I
1: think that's Sergei.
0: Wow. Two for two. Yay! Coming in strong. <laughs> okay, see if you can get the last one. Okay. We're driving a bit of talent. You can move mountains.
1: Sounds like Dwayne. that sounds like a drink quote. Yeah. Wow!
0: Yeah. For you, totally.
2: Wait, wait! I thought. were
0: cleaned up here.
2: I, I thought that was the person who had twenty-seven pounds hanging from their top. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> a small mountain, though. <laughs> twenty-seven
1: pounds with. Um... Oh yeah, well, yeah, that sensor button is really going to come in. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, we got a little bit of time left, oh, and, and we it. should probably mention the other pieces that are on yeah, the Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a dance program. I don't think I realized. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, on the rest of the program, we have more dances. So we have uh, symphonic dances by Rachmaninoff, and uh, this is actually his last uh, big orchestral piece that he wrote uh, in 1940. So that's a very near the, the the end of his life, and. Um, this is a wonderful piece it's quite intricate actually it's uh there's this last part of his life where he was like really you know composing less of um, like the broad melodies and uh, more like really getting into the orchestration the development of the music as we can hear very much in the variations on the theme by Paganini right mm, which is a yeah. piece before that then he wrote that like uh, something that's very interesting in that is that there's a big big alto saxophone part. So oh. that that's the orchestration is very intricate, very interesting, and it's uh I know it's just a really really great piece that that will end our program. Yeah. And at the beginning of our program, we have the chairman uh, dances, and it dances is not uh, the dances, it's that <laughs> the chairman dances? So right. it's it's the verb, right? <laughs> right, right. So, I get it. I see. Yeah. What you're, so so what it's the mean? part in the opera. It's by uh, John Adams. It's n- the part of the opera Nixon in China. And it's the part where uh, Mao's uh, wife starts dancing around and he comes out of a picture and he dances with her. Yeah. And they dance a foxtrot. So I thought, you know, with the foxtrot, with the uh, Stuart's piece... And uh, after that, with the symphonic dance, it would make a nice little uh, corpus for for the concert.
0: Yeah. So are people invited then to get up and dance during the music?
4: Oh, if you feel like it, absolutely. As in every concert, you know, especially Mahler symphonies. I
0: I will be there with my... (laughs) (laughs) We said Mahler, so we had to hit the bell. (laughs) It, I think that you've made it your mission now to work Mahler into every conversation. No, that's actually my mission, but go yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. I, I will call it pure coincidence. <laughs> pure coincidence. I'm going to resist playing the sad trumpet, just so you know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Stuart, have you ever done anything with conducting? I mean, uh, are only,
1: you? Only uh, only on TV. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was on a don't try
3: this on TV, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A PBS special called "Now Hear This," hosted by Scott You. Yeah, yeah. And this was something that actually was filmed just right before um, the pandemic. I was in San Luis Obispo, and um, yeah, I was wearing three hats: um, improvising, soloist for uh, Mozart, and conducting. Wow! And just you know, just learning about that incredible craft that I had such huge respect for from the very beginning. I, um, admire conductors and actually wanted to be a conductor when I was around three or four years old. I had a pencil that I was, I, I was conducting the record player. Every time there was a 70 working myself up a sweat. And, um uh, when I was yeah. three or
0: four, I wanted my toy tiger, but you know, <laughs> yeah, basically the same. Sounds like you were an ambitious young child.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I just, you know, I just loved, um, You know, and I went to my first um, symphonic concert when I was around six. And, you know, that was a Saturday tradition with my family going to the Toronto Symphony and hearing, um, you know, hearing different orchestral programs. And actually, the first time I heard um, the Symphonic Dances of Rachmaninoff uh, was um, when I was around four, and um, it was at a Toronto Symphony concert, and it just blew me away. Mm -hmm. Had to get the LP and um, just listen to it over and over again. I was just enthralled
0: by the work. Yeah, but were you dancing when you listened to Was I to...
1: dancing? I was not dancing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no dancing.
1: No dancing.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll save that for uh, your piece on yeah. Saturday.
3: Stuart, I give you some uh, some some huge respect for your, your uh, frequent mentions of vinyl today, uh, both the records that your father gave you, but also the records that you listened to and um, conducted with your pencil.
0: So yes. <laughs> Are you oh, still yeah. Are you still a vinyl guy?
1: I'm still a vinyl guy.
0: Good for you. So once again, the concert is happening Saturday. It's January 14th, 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. style. Alain Jardel conducting the Toledo Symphony with special guest pianist Stuart Goodyear performing his own music, a piece called Callaloo. We look forward to that. Also, music of John Adams, the Chairman Dances, and the Symphonic Dances by Sergei Rachmaninoff. You can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com or call the box office at 419 246 8000. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com, and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find the TSO's streaming platform online. That's at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Elaine Trudell, Zach Vassar, Morwen Sue, and our special guest, big thanks to you, Stuart Goodyear. My pleasure. I'm Brad Cresswell. This has been Toledo Symphony Lab from FM91.